You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. From the Pacific to the Rocky Mountains and around the world, you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 307. We are three real-world, everyday developers who make a living with the PHP programming language that we use to create legacy code of the future. We live stream every Thursday night around 9 p.m. Pacific time, and you can participate in that live stream by joining us in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com, where we are building a community. And I'm not the only one saying it. We'd like to thank a few groups for helping us make this stream a little better. First, our Patreons on Patreon. We also have a couple of sponsors, HoneyBadger.io and Cloudways. We'll talk about all of them a little later in the show. For now, allow me to introduce myself. I am your humble host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me tonight is John Congdon. Happy to be here, as always. And Tom Rideout. Hello. Very excited. How are you? You can make it, Tom. It's just barely. <laughs> OS issues again. Oh what, no! What was, what was the deal? It's it's the new OBS is not happy about Stream Deck, and and I got a new toy that uh, I was very pleased to get, but I did I I did just sit there playing with it for a while when I was supposed to be doing other stuff like a podcast. Is this something you're going to share with the with the group here? Or? Or I will. A toy, which is kind of weird. You got your new oh, keyboard. Your keyboard. So this is this is the new keyboard. That, Obviously, uh, not using it because it's not connected to you. Uh, I, in fact, I am. This is a Bluetooth or wired keyboard. Oh, nice. Sixty-five uh, percent. It's a Keychron K6 Pro with. Uh, Cherry MX clear switches that are lubed and filmed, and a custom keycap set. So dirty the way you say that. So it's, it, it took hours. He, he was calling it a toy. Yeah, it did take hours to to lubricate and film a uh, hundred and something switches. Which you know, you know, you could just like go somewhere and buy a keyboard, and they'll give it to you. I ready to go. You, you plug don't it in, get this though. You don't get this. Just this beautiful. Right now he's starting and stopping the stream because he's hitting the wrong key. Probably. <laughs> just a just a beautiful sounding keyboard, really great feel. Uh, but it is gonna take me some time to to acclimate for sure. All right, I gotta know. And you don't have to share if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. What does what does building your own keyboard run you? For all the switches, the case. <sighs> I think altogether, this keyboard came to around 200. Not bad. Um, some of that being tools that I can reuse. Uh, also, I'm going to have a separate uh, number pad that I need to build out, which is probably going to cost around 100. Well, actually, no, that'll, that'll probably cost around 70. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't, de- I didn't go deep into the the well of how much I could have spent. 
this is a very sort of basic frame and PCB model. Uh, could have could have very easily have spent seven hundred dollars on something. So, not yet. But you had fun building it. That's the that's what matters. I did. I had a lot of fun building it, and it is it is smooth as butter. And it just uh, you know one of the things about a custom keyboard like this is that you can build all sorts of macro stuff into it. So I've got four function buttons. What? I I was you know, finished typing. Sorry. I've got uh, I've got four function buttons that can like change layers on the keyboard so that all the keys switch purpose. Uh, and I can also write macros and stuff, and I can change any individual key to behave any way I want. But are you actually going to do that? Because I yes. know the keyboard that Eric has, you can do the same thing. And I don't, I, I didn't really do that when I was using the keyboard much. So I actually have to, because again, I'll, sh- I'll show this for the viewers. This is a 65% keyboard. You will notice that there is some stuff missing from a normal keyboard, like the function keys mm-hmm. and like any kind of media controls. So if I hit the code button, that switches it to a bunch of my macros for VS Code that allow me to do commands like search through file system or search in a class and stuff like that. But then you have to switch back to being normal mode? No, no. I just I just press the button code and one, and that gives me F1. Okay. I mean that's not unusual, especially with a like a laptop keyboard where you have a function key that sure. activates different keys like that. You were talking about having four layers, which comp- I'm imagining completely changes all your keys or could. So layer layer one would be your normal keyboard layout. Good. Buttery beat me to the pump punch in Discord. He's 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 talking so much about this keyboard. And he hates them. It's like it's the same concept. All this, you know, tricked out customization that you can do to your editor that's specific to you. It's stupid for an for an editor, but perfectly reasonable for a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. And I can I can pack this up and bring it with me on uh, trips. So you, so you can make la- layer four could be your your Vim bindings where you can actually get out of Vim. That's a good use. Like like a whole th- your whole keyboard just be an escape key. Yeah, the little the little configuration tool has uh, settings for that. So just uh, just Vim macros built right into the keyboard. I'll never use Vim. Yeah, though. it's very, very very much like the Moonlander that I have. You, you yeah, I now that one I did customize to to have you know different levels to do different things. But again, I rarely use it, and I'm almost always on my kinesis advantage too. So, all right, Eric, week week two of uh, Halloween month. What's the shirt? Oh, thank you for asking. It is. I'm scary <laughs> enough without, without a costume. costume. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you for asking. Yes. Not only is it October, but it's that special time of year here in the U.S. You know what time that is, guys? It starts cooling off. Nope. 
baseball, basketball, and football are all being played at the same time. Every night of the week, you can watch some sort of sport on television, and it's not always the same sport. And shout out to the Padres and Dodgers. We're having a little freeway series, and it's a good one. Had a couple of good games. They're one one right now. So, yeah, I'm I'm repping my little Padres cap today because you know I I was in San Diego last, so kind of pulling to them for them. I like Soto. But yeah, it's that time of year, man. I love this time of year. Professional basketball, football, and baseball. All must, must be nice time. to be able to watch sports. It's very easy. I use my eyes. Yeah, we have to break a sweat. It's because you have grown kids and they're out of the house. You can do whatever you want to do. This is true. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> How about you, John? How's your week been? Oh, where do you even start? Um, Par- paragliding? I, start with paragliding? Nope. Nope. I haven't <laughs> haven't gone paragliding this week. Uh, went through SOC 2 compliance with a client uh, over the past couple weeks, which was interesting. That's it's always so much fun it was my first time going through it like i've heard of it but i've never actually been through it so when i told you about it and you said you've been through it a couple times i was shocked um one i didn't know it's been around reason i feel hurt but (laughs) no not shocked like you've been through it more like i didn't realize that stock two has been around that long because you mentioned companies that you haven't been at for a very long time yeah it's been around for a while so that's what i meant by that um, but yeah, it's, I know we have another client that has talked about it in the past. So having a little more familiarity to bring them through that process, if they really want to go that route, but it's expensive. I couldn't believe when I saw it's starting at $10,000 to get SOC 2 compliance. And that's just mind boggling. So been there. The paperwork too. Yeah. Now, now, were you responsible for actually filling things out or were you just like Luck- answering questions? Luckily, no, not this time. Like mm, there's, the, lucky, yeah. there's people on the team that, that had to take that, that task. And it's interesting because, you know, there's so many employees and contractors at the same company and you have contractors like, I'm not installing an agent on my machine for yeah. some company to spy on what I have. Like all the agent's supposed to do is say you have disk encryption, you have a screen lock and you're, you have antivirus if you're running windows supposedly. But a lot of people are like, I'm not running that, which I, I get, like I, I don't know what it does and you know, I don't want to just take their word for it. So we got around that by, you know, having to take screenshots of disk encryption, which I screwed up. Somebody, the person do, running all the, doing all the paperwork part of it said, gave us a screenshot of what the disk utility looks like if you have disk encryption. I go to disk utility. I don't see the same thing. So I'm like, I can't believe I don't have disk encryption turned on automatically, even though I know when I boot my machine, I have to put a password in, but I'm like, maybe that's a different thing. It's not disk encryption. So I go through this whole process of encrypting my home directory solo. Otherwise, you have to reinstall the OS to get full disk encryption. And man, my system was so sluggish. Every time I would do anything, it was so slow. 
And then I'm like, screw it. I pull out my laptop, fresh install of the OS, choosing disk encryption. I know I did it because I reinstalled. Go to the disk utility. It still doesn't say it. I'm like, what in the... Turns out you have to click on the actual partition, then that's where it showed in, that it was encrypted. I go look at my desktop. I'm like, dang it, now I'm double encrypted. <laughs> that's why it's running so slow. So then I had to unwind all of the home directory disk encryption. What a pain in the ass that was. Uh, fun. Yep, fun stuff. So, for, well, first thing, I mentioned in the intro how our Discord is really a community. And uh, I, I, I got my little heartstrings tugged out, tugged at last week uh, with um, Citizen Coder Podcast. Had somebody from our Discord, Mike, uh, on. And first thing, that's how they were introduced from the PHP Ugly Discord, and they talked about how it's a, you know, how it's really a community. I'm like, I, you know, I, I never thought a lot about it, and, and I'm not uh, like opposed to it at all. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? We have our little chess club now. The, the, you all were talking about doing some, uh, cha- you know, fitness challenge to tech, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, we we really do kind of have like this ongoing community throughout the week. It's like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have our that Discord is, now. That is definitely the, the way to your heart, too, because that was the whole thing with way before when we first started Diego Dev, it was our team, our group. You wanted it to be almost feel like a family when people worked with us. Uh, going into SDPHP, it was a, the, you wanted it to be about community and about, you know, Again, almost like a little family. So, for someone to say that definitely would would uh, make you happy. <laughs> it's definitely my soft spot for sure, and I and I and I really appreciated it. Yeah, so that was cool. But um, but on to PHP te- uh, tech stuff. No, I'm sorry, PHP architect stuff. I want to formally apologize. I know a lot of people, especially uh, people listening to this show, the PHP Ugly show, who have really tried to support us more and more on PHP with our PHP architect endeavor. And I do appreciate it. But I feel like I owe you an apology. And I think John and I have corrected that ship a little bit. But, you know, there's a lot of things happening when you're trying to run a magazine. And you don't always have your eye on the ball with every aspect of it. And the one thing that both John and I are, I think, admittedly weak at is the whole social networking piece. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of try to we try to write bots to queue up tweets and things and came to the realization today as I was going in there to add some add some tweets, I'm like Man, we there's like sixty tweets a day queued up. What's going on? And I started looking at them, and I went back to our stream, and I'm like, John, we're like spamming people on our Twitter handle. <laughs> so so uh, the, the we tracked it down. We again correcting the wrongs, right? We we fixed it, but when we when I first wrote the wrote everything. It looked fine. No big deal. Turns out I was scheduling each tweet to go out for 10 weeks. 
which for a single month wasn't bad. But then you add a second and third month in there, all of a sudden it's like <laughs> it's just a massive amount of they, tweets. They going started out. piling on. So after like the second or third release, you know, these all these tweets just start started stacking up. You Eric, you have multiple social media experts living rent free at your house. Yeah, but see, that's not our social media. We don't TikTok. No, it's Instagram. the same. It's this is the uh, the fact that you don't think that that's your social media is exactly why they're the ones supposed to be doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. We I don't. Go we don't far. need the Twitter. It's Twitter's the new thing. No, I thing. I love it's, my. Tw- hey, I I finally got the ability to edit my tweets. I'm I'm super excited about that. So it's. Uh, I've been trying to be more active on Twitter. I like Twitter. Like I have spent years cultivating my Twitter stream so that when I go to it, I see a lot of relevant stuff that I'm interested in. So Twitter is like my number one go-to place. I know a lot of people dislike Twitter and say there's so much noise, but I spent a long time kind of weeding out my who I follow and I thought you really follow like everybody. If they follow me, yeah. If and, and I have to be honest, I've gotten really bad at that. But yeah, if somebody follows me, I will. I usually check their handle, make sure they're not new to Twitter, see if they are, if they post something relevant to PHP or tech in general. And if if any of those things are true, I usually give them a follow back. So I I I've said for a long time, I will always I will always follow more people than follow me, which isn't. Big deal to say when you know you only have a few hundred followers, but I, I I can't see how that math would change in my head because I always try to follow back. But like I said, I need to go through because I've picked up quite a few followers recently, and I haven't kind of held to that. But yeah, I follow a lot of people. But like like I said, if they follow me, if they if they're tech related, I'll I'll usually give them a follow. Now that doesn't mean I won't unfollow them. Like if they start talking weird or. They, their their tweets are about things that don't interest me. I I will unfollow later, but I try to follow everybody. So I haven't actually used my edit ability on my tweets yet, and I guess it's really limited too. Like uh, you can only edit tweets that you generate, so they can't be they can't be replies to other tweets. So you can't edit your reply to another tweet. Um. But you you can edit tweets you generate, and you can only edit for like thirty minutes after you tweet it. So I haven't uh, haven't had a need to do that yet, but it's there. I look I I looked, and I'm like, hey, there's that little edit thing. Oh, is that um, is that a beta thing or something? I don't even know where. It looks. You, you have to be uh, you have to be a uh, blue Twitter. You have to subscribe to pl- Twitter Blue, which is like two dollars a month or something. You uh, and uh, yeah, it's worth it for for that edit ability. Matter of fact, John, I I would say you definitely should as the CEO of a high high highly visible uh, company. There, I, I don't would strongly I, recommend. I don't tend to just like throw words together and just tweet out. Oh yeah, I do. You don't, you don't tweet that much at all. I've been, but. I've been more active lately. I've actually been more active in direct messages with people actually lately. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like Twitter, and uh, you can't change my mind on that. Elon Musk is buying it. <laughs> yeah, I might not like it so much after that. We'll see. Hey, you said, I can't change your mind. I thought maybe that would work. <laughs> hey, uh, do we want to talk about the wacky little problem we have? Speaking of PHP Architect with uh, Firefox, because we know Tom's little Firefox uh, issue with our recording software. Yeah, yeah. I, I got which I got called out for that can't possibly be true. So I posted absolute evidence. Oh no, I, I still didn't believe you, and I went and verified it myself. So yeah, we know it's we know it's true. <laughs> yeah. So Eric, got, we got a, a support ticket around the magazine after release saying that page eight there is a problem on page eighteen. We're like, what are you talking about? We're both looking at it. Everything is fine. And we asked for clarification. Turns out pulling the magazine up in Firefox, page 17 and 18 have issues. And I think I realized that it was because there's a couple of emojis in there. There's a like a light bulb uh, emoticon and an exclamation point or something. Uh, one on each page. And that seems to be right where it breaks. So it has to be related to that. But I, for the life of me, I can't figure out why it's just affecting Firefox. I haven't seen any other cases where it's been a problem. And that, that was that was actually how I kind of responded to the ticket. I was like, hey, you know, we, we see what the issue is. We're not sure if this is a Firefox bug or, you know, the, the strict nature of Firefox on their implementations to, based on standards. So... We're not fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. No, I mean, if we had a bunch of people say, hey, I can't read this because I read it in Firefox, it might be something to look at. But it's so hard to go through and make a big change for just a, a, a one-off thing where you can just open it in another uh, PDF reader. It's hard. Yeah. On top of I wouldn't. That, I wouldn't know. My uh, PHP Architect account is out of subscription for some reason the the gift that was given you to you have me. it because you haven't paid <laughs> seems, <laughs> seems pretty straightforward on why you're out of subscription <laughs> uh, i know those guys they they wouldn't do that to me assholes. <laughs> next time don't bring it up on the show maybe um <laughs> just saying uh on in other news with the magazine. Not only is there a problem was a, a problem with those two pages in Firefox re-release, and like an hour after the email goes out, Discord blows up with, "Oh, there's a spelling mistake on the cover." I'm like what? All uh, oh, right. I go. I you you brought up typo earlier. And you said you were going to make notes. I thought you were bringing this up. I. It's just, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday. I'm with my kids and I'm like, honey, I got to go fix this typo real quick. I run into the office, fix the typo. And it's like, not a, a quick thing. I have to fix the typo, export, compress, upload. Like there's this whole laundry list of things that have to be done. Like an idiot. I don't look at the rest of the cover. It's like, I fixed the issue go through all the process <laughs> and get back to my kids. Yeah. There were two typos on the cover. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. What was the second typo? I missed the N in converting. 
So right oh, after, man. so right after, so again, I'm back out with the kids doing something. And then I see another discord like saying, Oh, look, there's something else. I'm like, God, you gotta be kidding me. And I run back and, in and, and you can't possibly understand the frustration level. John and I feel when people record, report things back to us like that, because we look over these magazines, no exaggeration, probably a dozen times as we're building them. And John will generate a PDF and usually he just sends it to me. And then eventually we'll, we'll, we'll expand that to the columnists and say, okay, your base is it's essentially saying, Hey, we're getting close to releasing. Can you all take a look it, for, to this well, day? For the, in defense of the columnist, the one I send to them never has a cover. It's always the the insides of the That's magazine, true. so they didn't yeah. they didn't have a chance to catch this. To this day, it doesn't matter how much John and I look through these PDFs. John will send this to the columnist channel in the PHP Architect Discord. And Oscar will, will come back in like five minutes with a laundry list of things. Like, you just know this guy is just like so dialed into doing this. I can't wait. I, I hope to like achieve a fraction of his skill set with editing because he will hit us with a laundry list of things. And we're, it's just like, how did we, how did we not see that? And this weird thing is he goes, Oh yeah. The two letters on page four, 44, uh, second column down, they look weird. They, they're kind of close. It's like, what? <laughs> and we'll go look. It's like, sure enough, it's like something would be weird about this one little section. The color, here, the color but, up here doesn't match what it's supposed to be. It was, it was really very smart of Oscar to realize he could make more money being employed by you editing the magazine than him <laughs> owning the magazine. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a uh, he sent me a bill the other day and i was like oh crap <laughs> i guess oh yeah i gotta pay this don't oh, I? I thought we were just hanging out having a good time together i've i've put so much work into the tools behind the magazine lately it's crazy like the the amount of automation and i'm contemplating paying for a, a library to do even more automation. I'm torn on it. It's not cheap either. Like you, you told me how much this library costs. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I don't to, know. to, to be determined. I'm going to talk with Oscar a little bit in a few weeks and pick his brain, see what he thinks. I'm sure. Sure. It'll be free. <laughs> I'm going to buy him a, at least a dozen beers while we're hanging out. Get him hammered at a, a tech. <laughs> Longhorn. I think he's going to be at Longhorn. Yeah, he's speaking Fuck at Longhorn. Longhorn. What are you talking about Longhorn for? Because I'm going to be there too. I've been, you know, I I can't tell you how frustrating it is for myself. Like you guys always talk about spinning up side projects and stuff. And I have this realization that, I don't write code from scratch. I don't write like I've always gone into a business and I, you talk about how good I am at debugging code, right? I can get in, I can read somebody else's code. I can make changes. I can, I can fit in where I need to fit in. And throughout my career, 
I've gone into existing projects, legacy code, and just been able to hammer things and make things work and then add to them. But writing code from scratch, I've never really got into. I'm preparing for my presentation in just a few weeks, and I really want to have, it's a very contrived example, but I wanted to have some example code. And I actually built something with a router, with event sourcing, with a container. I'm like, oh crap, I can actually do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, give me some time, I can make things work. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I use frameworks for everything. It's like the, the idea of of not using a framework and just building something. But but even, I mean, even with Composer yeah. being what it is today, I don't know, man. It it, it would stress me out a little bit. But even I mean, even I with like frameworks, I, I even with frameworks, I I get like bogged down, like not knowing where I want to go, what I'm going to do next. It's just that whole getting over that hump of getting something started. It's the, that holds me back, but I got there, no framework. I just used composer to bring in a router, to bring in a PSR seven layer, to bring in event sourcing, the container. It, it was an experience. So come to you, my talk and Docker? laugh at me. What'd you use for your Docker environment? That That's the other thing, like getting that whole thing up and running. I actually found a lamp stack Docker container that gives you basically a LAMP stack and they have a decently commented ENV file to give you, you know, to set the ports and everything. So you can have access to it. You know what, uh, what's really nice to have for actual like deployment stuff. Like when you actually have to spin up a server or something like that. This video is brought to you by Cloudways. We are all developers and love to write code, but Managing the servers that that code runs on can be a time-consuming and error-prone process. Cloudways helps you spend less time managing your servers and more time doing what you really want to do, coding. You only need one account to manage servers on multiple platforms and for multiple customers. Pick just the server size and location that makes the most sense for you and your customers. You can even estimate your costs for your server before spinning it up. Cloudways offers peace of mind and flexibility so you can focus on growing your business instead of dealing with server management. With Cloudways, you get an optimized stack, managed servers, backups, a staging environment, integrated Git, pre-configured Composer, 24-7 support, and a choice of five different cloud providers, Amazon Web Services, DigitalOcean, Linode, Google Cloud, and Vulture. Get a discount of 20% for three months using the code PHPARCH. Check them out today. Thank you. Thank you, Cloudways. Cloudways. Hi, Devin. Thanks for joining us in Discord at discord.phpugly.com. Devin, Devin, I've been waiting for you. We we all just, we feel like we just needed you to to get into Discord and things would be better. Happy you were able to join us. Uh, While you're here, Devin, uh, were you aware that JetBrains Fleet is now uh, in public preview? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. And I just wanted you to know that, Devin. Okay, so Fleet, the JetBrains kind of editor that I guess is in competition with VS Code. Like, yeah, the whole starting and, over well, thing. Is, isn't it in competition with PHP Storm as well? Well, so that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it's meant to be more of a 
more of a general purpose editor. So PHP Storm is focused, right? Like all their all JetBrains IDEs are like focused on a particular language, either Python, PHP, what what have you. But Fleet is meant to be again like Vim, like Sublime, like VS Code. This kind of all-purpose general editor that you can use to 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 kind of edit files or projects, right? And I, I, I've already established the fact that I haven't spent a lot of time. I, I was on the preview, and I still hadn't spent a lot of time with it uh, because they, it doesn't have Vim bindings. And it still doesn't have Vim bindings. And, oh, my <clears throat> God, the Vim binding thread on their board just blew up today. Like I can imagine every, that would be one of the most annoying things to read in the world. <sighs> it's just like everybody's like plus one of them bindings. Plus I'm like, Oh my God, it has a freaking thumbs up on the top. You just thumbs up it. God damn it. Don't them plus it. Cause you email everybody. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's out. If if that sort of thing, interest, now I, I think I, Jet, I think JetBrains is going to send you a personal thank you gift because they think you're the one sending everyone to them. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I uh, I've been criticized in the past. So here's the funny thing about my life: these knuckleheads, one knucklehead in particular, I'll let you pick who it is would criticize me because I was always trying new editors. And then it's true. I, it's I true. Finally start, I finally start to abandon that and focus uh, really hard on them. And then I get criticized because all I do is talk about them. It, it was, like, it's really about the fact that it was both ways that you did it were annoying. <laughs> the, just the, you kind of talking in general. Is the way, just, just the way that you me. talked about, one editor every time you tried something out, like you were talking about your Vim bindings, and really, that, let's that, let's that be was clear always here. You, you were always pro PHP Storm, and then now you're all of a sudden pro Sublime. No Sublime, no. <laughs> right, I mean pro VS Code, whatever it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so scared so me. So if, if 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 you like editors, if you like trying new editors, definitely give Fleet a look. Um, I mean, no, but this is this was the thing. If you like trying different editors, don't put your Vim bindings in every editor because you just end up using the same editor. You end up using oh, Vim oh, with oh, a different no, no, window no. around it. We are going to get back to that, buddy. You're you're going to regret. Everything. All you have done yeah, is I'm, done I'm Vim with a different decoration know. layer around it. Well, this is not, not true. true. Vim not is true its own thing. It's so much faster than anything else. Now, I've spent a lot of time in PHP Storm these last couple of months, and you know, couldn't I'm figure out okay how to quit. It, but it doesn't <laughs> compare to the speed of of just straight up Vim. I mean, there's just no comparison, and that's fine. That's that's fine. Whatever. Anyways, Fleet is out there. Public preview now. It has debugging. It now has PHP support, which. I don't think the private preview uh, acknowledged PHP support, or maybe it did. I I remember there's something weird there, but it, it definitely supports PHP, PHP now. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes to a YouTube video from JetBrains and how to use it, all that other stuff. But kind of talking about these things, right? You talk. We talked about VS Code. I've been doing some pair programming these last couple weeks with 
uh, I don't know if I should call him out on the show now, but I'm going to. Uh, Eric, Spanish-speaking kid in Discord, uh, my my kid's partner, the the two that live up in San Francisco. Eric, Spanish-speaking kid, is going to college and taking a college course, and they're coding. They're doing some Python code. So I helped them out with uh, some homework that they had last week, and basically the same thing. I just opened up a, a Vim because, again, this is what where PHP Storm would would fall flat, right? And something like Fleet or VS Code, uh, you know, would shine a little better. Is I needed to use a different language, so Pytorch. But I have all that. I have you, all that stuff. You have dialed you, in. You had the whole JetBrains pack, don't don't they have Pycharm? <laughs> I do. Yeah, absolutely right. I do. And I think I, I think I actually used that. To be honest with you, I do think I used that. And I've done Python in the past. Uh, but I'm definitely not to the same level I am with PHP, and I haven't done any Python, you know, recently. So I've hacked my way through and kind of, kind of worked with them and kind of explained like some of the philosophies and cleaning the code up and all that. Well, they had reached out to me again this week with another assignment and. I, I just love the fact that they reach out to me. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is due in like two hours. I'm like, oh, yeah, no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> Let me but, do your homework um, for you. But this time, uh, they're using VS Code, right? So when they started the class, uh, the professor had told them, uh, told everybody to use Sublime. I'm like, that's a horrible professor. Like, you should not, you should quit the class right now, but they did it. So I guess now they can use VS Code. And I'm like, hey, are you still using VS Code? And they're like, yeah, why? I'm like, you know what? You know, VS Code <laughs> has this code with me, this pair programming aspect of it. Let me fire up VS Code on my system and let's pair program that way. That Because what we were doing the first week is sending files back and forth, right? Um, because I was, I was using Vim and I think I used some PyCharm. And they were using VS Code or, or Sublime. I don't remember what they were using that first time. But this time, I'm like, okay. So I, I explained to them how to do it. It's called uh, live sharing or I forget what VS Code calls it. It's not, it's not code with me. It's like live share or something like that. I think it's live share. So I explained to them how to, how to use live share. This whole time, I'm firing up VS Code, which I haven't started in like, I can tell you how long. Oh, oh, oh! And, then, and to make things even more challenging, I was on my laptop, my Apple laptop, uh, because we were watching the World Series. The baseball game was on, and so I was uh, in the living room. I ended up being outside in the backyard. So I fire up VS Code, and to VS Code's credit, uh, uh, I had to I had to log in with my GitHub account, which is what I always logged into with VS Code before. Logged in with my VS Code, uh, GitHub account. It took some time to get all the updates and took some time to pull down my configurations, which I guess is to be expected because not only do I not use VS Code that often, but I don't use my laptop hardly ever at all, much less that combination of VS Code and my laptop. But when it was all said and done, all the extensions upgraded. It had my Vim bindings. So when we did live live share, live code, live share, 
I was able to use my them bindings, which made, which made all the difference in the world to me. And uh, I, I'm going to give VS Code credit that that after as long as I had not used it, I was able to be functional with it. It, it was nice. So with I with with their live share, is it? It sounds like it's ten times better than PHP Storms or JetBrains version. Because with code so with me, you you have to download a, this thin client. It's such a pain in the ass. That's the issue, right? So the that you're absolutely right. VS Code, I think, is still ahead of the game with that pairing aspect. Because with with the JetBrains product, you download this thin client, and as we've learned, even when you get it configured, like I've been using that thin client a lot. I, I think I told you this last week, John, that. That whole outside setup that I have, I've been going out because we got the new dog and I've been taking the dog outside. I go out there and I fire up the gateway back into my Linux machine to do to continue my editing. So now I, I've used that thin client enough that it's kind of holding that configuration for the most part. But like things like, you know how I like my uh, file explorer on the right hand side, not the left hand side. It never remembers that. There are certain plugins that it doesn't load in the thin client. That remembers. It's just trying to correct you. So it is a separate application, whereas VS Code, you're using your VS Code. However you have your VS Code configured, whatever plugins you have installed for your VS Code, that's what you're using. You're not using some other client. So Gateway Um, uses that same thin client? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you're basically doing a a code with me. That's interesting. What I don't know is if, if you and I were to do a code with me and you were hosting, if that thin client would stay consistent to your machine, because I, I get the feeling that when the thin client connects to a machine, it's pulling down the configurations from that, that machine because it even says when you connect, it says look for available PHP storms installed. And I think it's getting that from the host machine. Hmm. So I don't know if one thin client works the same for all hosts that you, that you share with. Maybe you and I could test that at some point. It's just not that critical, but if, if maybe we will, but uh, yeah, it's, and if you remember when this when this was going on, you know I was slamming my fist on the table saying, "JetBrains, you guys have got to get this pair programming situation on your platform because VS Code is burning you on it." And you know, eventually they they did. They came came with the code with me, but the the whole Java aspect of JetBrains, that's where, that's really where it started to feel bulky was with that code with me. It's like, oh man, this this feels like sluggish, hard sluggish. Like when I try to do a you know find files, even today, when I'm like when I don't know a file, I, I'm like trying to type in the name of the file. It's like one, two, three characters, and then it like freezes for a good second or two, then three, four, five characters, and this is all on the local network. I'm not even going through the internet. Yeah. But that, to me, that's to be expected because you, it, it it's got to intelligently send information to your host, get the information back mm-hmm. without doing it for every single character. Where now you got seven, eight requests waiting in line 
But again, I don't have that problem with the VS Code. I mean, VS Code. I mean, actually, maybe that's not a fair statement because the project that they had was not as in how many files are in it and things like that. So I don't know. Maybe that is a problem with VS Code. I just, I'm not aware of it. Hmm. Well, when they get into further in their educational career, maybe they'll have a more impressive project you can help them with. Or code for and them. For the, for the record, <laughs> I found out. I found out today we got we got a perfect score on both of our assignments. So. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they got tired of me saying, "Well, I, this is how I would do it in PHP," and then you know, basically start googling. Yeah, how does Python do? You know, arrays, which I know I know how they do is either a list or a dictionary. For whatever reason, they have multiple names for an array. An associative array is a dictionary. A regular array is a is a list. I don't know why, but you uh, what I, I don't know why. Up. Oh, oh, that's why. That that's what I I said. Oh yeah, we're, we're I was trying to figure out uh, how uh, like every third time we wanted to do something, right? They, they wanted to to, to draw a line on every third line in a file. I'm like, well, I mean, there's a couple ways to do that. I'm, I said, I think in PHP, all I would do is say, you know, is the line I'm on divisible by three? And if it is, then draw, <laughs> draw a line. And if it's not, then, you know, keep going. And I'm like, so I have to look up how to do it in PHP or in Python. I'm like, yeah, it's basically the same thing. The syntax was a little different, but Basically the same thing. It's you know percent three, and in mm-hmm. Python it's equal equals zero. So fun stuff. I love I love coding. I love languages. It's, well, you uh, need, you got to do the equal equals zero in PHP too. Do you now? We will see. No, I thought <laughs> I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't. No, it's the mod equal equals zero. Right. Yeah. Or not. That's, that's what, you can also do not mod. Thing. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I read a really interesting article about that, that got me thinking about teaching kids to program and, and why it's important or how it's important. And uh, it's, it's probably one of the greatest like titles to an article I've ever read is uh, when the push button was new, people were freaked. And it's basically, it's basically about the fact that, something that we don't think about at all, which is buttons for interacting with anything electrical didn't exist for a long time. And when a button was introduced, uh, people were concerned that this put technology, the technology of electricity into a black box Uh, quoted here, effortless, opaque, and therefore unquestioned by consumers. And I sort of like, I thought, well, like that's kind of how programming is to people who don't have a basic understanding of programming. And the article explains here that before buttons, people who interacted with electricity in one way or another knew about it. They knew how electricity worked. Uh, you know, little kids could build a circuit with a battery and a light bulb and some wire. It was just like something that all the kids knew how to do. And, you know, messing around with electricity at the time was super popular. But the introduction of the button 
basically the introduction of making it simple to access, but not understand what was happening eliminated that, that, and, you know, talking with like my wife about programming, she barely understands any of what I'm saying, but talking to my buddy, who's a QA developer, you know, we can talk in depth for hours about programming. You guys are still buddies after you lost his job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He got a new job that pays better. So he forgave me. (laughs) Um, That makes sense. Yeah. He's also slowly poisoning me, but that's a different story. So poisoning. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So, you know, very just like interesting thought on this whole, like, should kids learn programming? Yes. I don't know that kids should learn, you know, enterprise level classes and, uh, you they know, just solid need a basic under they need a basic understanding. Oh, but for sure, yeah, for sure, like if if a kid nowadays can't do an inspect element in Chrome, they're gonna get left behind. Like just well not not only, not only that, I mean it, it really needs to become a mandatory class, at least in the, at the high school level, where you know, you have your math, you have your English, and you need to have some sort of computer science class, I feel like, or, or coding class. Computer science is probably, you know, good, good enough umbrella thing there. I think but the high school level's too big of a – too too late. I think at the elementary level – I mean, my, I, my kid's doing yeah, scratch, and that's, that's a good elementary, like, put building blocks in place, and then you can – after that, you can start building upon that and show them what, sure, how, how behind the scenes, what that's actually doing. If they ever want to get into an actual language, but having that well, logical it, progression there, I watched. Important. I watched a video of a guy who had implemented a quantum computer in Scratch. What really? Yeah, it was just a, a set of macros that he had developed, and I did not understand did, it. Did he travel through time? Is that, I, is that something? I, I couldn't. He could have done it. I, would, I was an hour-long video explaining quantum computers, and I did not get it. Yeah. I, well, that's the latest in my, my paragliding group is flying in the lightning and trying to have get struck to where you, <laughs> just, start, where you just start falling, <laughs> and then you hit 88.1 miles per hour. Let's see how that works out for you. I know, I know one guy who did it. I think until <laughs> so he disappeared. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! Well, you know, is it eighty-eight point one or eighty-eight point eight? It's point one, isn't it? I think it's just eighty-eight. Yeah, eighty-eight, 88 miles per hour. Yeah. Once this baby hits eighty-eight miles an hour, hmm. yeah. But I remember when my kids were in high school. And I forget what it was at the time, but talking about how, oh, you know, they're all using this, this one app because it's, it's encrypted and, and it's, you know, there's no way to get the information out. I'm like, you don't understand. We are gods in this world. Developers? Yeah. We can tell you it's completely encrypted. We can even show you how it's completely encrypted, but it's not encrypted unless we say it's encrypted. We can snake that data at any point we want. And, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do. Well, if, you know, no, it's supposed to be this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't understand. Again, we are gods in this world. And, that, and there's that, no, that way, got me in. no way an NPM package 
that does uh, left alignment could ever be infected to decrypt all of your messages and send them to somebody. That got me being that honest with an employer back in the early 2000s caused such this a weird ripple effect where I'm super honest. Like, yeah, like I could change out the, the bank credentials and all of a sudden have all of the transactions go to my account, right? My merchant account. I wouldn't do that, of course, but like I'm being honest. Next thing I know, like the following do that again. The following week, all of a sudden, there's an auditor coming in and looking at at a million lines of code. And I'm like, seriously, (laughs) interesting. I'm like, yeah, I could have just not said that to you and just did it. I'm like, I'm being honest with you, assholes. You know, you know what else you can do is is you can write up a custom program for uh, catching errors and exceptions that are thrown by your system, but why would you Why would that? you need to do that? Such a great program already exists. When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built HoneyBadger. It's easy to install HoneyBadger in your back-end applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's HoneyBadger. We're the monitoring tool for web developers who'd rather be, well, developing. Thanks, HoneyBadger. Thank you, HoneyBadger. Eric. John? John? Eric and I had had a weird interaction this morning. (laughs) So we, we talked about Twitter earlier, and I've been trying to be a little more active on on Twitter and I mentioned something about well, how else so like, fans going to get traffic. Yeah, true. I, so I, I finally opened my to do list for the first time in a, a while because I'm terrible at it. And I admitted to being terrible at it on, on Twitter. And I, I had this task on there from June 13th and it was to just the, a simple idea. Let's email our PHP architect subscriber list to say, Hey, we've got a monthly print option. If when we acquired the magazine, all that you could do, if you wanted print, you had to pay for a year upfront. A few months ago, I added the ability to, you know, just have a monthly subscription, but didn't let anybody know about it because why would I do that? That just makes too much sense. Finally get that email set up, send Eric a test. I'm like, Hey Eric, I sent you a test or a test email. Can you check it out? And he goes, wow, you did that fast. Uh, you're not charging enough for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Same <laughs> hand, 
<laughs> well, char- not charging enough is different, but we've we've had this thing in place for months now. <laughs> that was the funny part. No, but but we we had it in place, but we had to we had to initiate it for them. There was no way for somebody to sign up for no, it themselves. There was. was there? Yeah, that's not new. The only thing that Shit, I did I'm this trying, morning, I'm trying to give you credit, man. I'm yeah, I'm no. sorry, you're you're a dick. Why would uh, you send out that email earlier? Exactly. That's the that's the problem. Is people have had the ability to buy the thing for months now. We just didn't tell anybody about it. So it, it was just funny. To, make it clear what what they can do now. So there's a difference it, between a yearly subscription and a monthly subscription. Right. You, you just every month you just you're on a, a monthly subscription. You pay once a month for a print magazine uh, instead of a digital. It wasn't that big of a deal again because it's been around now for months. We we had a few people that wanted it. They the first. One or two people we did manually. We got it up and running. And then I made it where other people could buy. So now we got a handful of people that have chosen to go that route. But we just didn't email our entire list to let them know that it was a possibility. Uh, it, it was just a funny interaction because obviously you'd forgotten that we'd made that up. That happened. Yeah, but I think you misspoke, right? You just said you you get a print edition instead of a digital. But you get, but you, you get, both. get both. You get both, right? Right. Okay. All right. I yes. still think you should charge more for it. If I have when, when I when when it's my turn to be CEO, all of our prices are going up. So you might want to subscribe now because <laughs> I will jack up the prices across the board. Your well, inflation has continued to rise, so it's probably should go up, but it hasn't. Yeah, it's that you've you've been following the like inflation talk on on Twitter and Reddit at all. No, I don't watch the news. I'm blissful. It's I I was in the car today for an hour or so as I was running some errands, and I heard the January sixth thing going on. This is like day ten of it, and it's finally wrapping up. I'm like, I had no clue that was going on. Day ten, or the tenth one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it's like the third month. Well, it's day the day ten of hearings or whatever. No. According to NPR, it was the the tenth and final day of hearings or whatever it was. It was the final. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, John gets his news the same way he does uh, pull requests, which is just has it in a backlog for a few months and then pulls up NPR from like June or July. Hey, speaking of speaking of staying current, uh, you haven't talked about it. I'm going to ask anyways. Are either one of you guys watching She-Hulk? Yes, I started it, and I I right having did you stayed did in you, it? Oh, you haven't. The <laughs> last one was awesome. All right, the, watch the last one. The finale today's episode. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I I will I will not broke a record for the them, shortest. But, uh, the shortest Marvel finale. Really? Yeah. I didn't feel like it was that short, but it was good. It was, it was very on brand for She-Hulk. And I got to say, the She-Hulk Daredevil thing is fantastic. Yeah. Just, I love that aspect but of that show. I've watched the first episode, so I guess I need to go yep. and watch them all. It's not for um, It's not for everyone, which, like all things that are not for everyone – the people who thought it was supposed to be for them are very offended. 
So there's yeah. there's a she lot Hulk, of Marvel she fans. She-Hulk is very niche. Like you, it, yeah. you have to understand the comic to understand the show. It's a very niche superhero series. Uh, the comic book series. The comic book series is very niche with some of the things it does. Like you, you've already probably seen how frequently she breaks the fourth wall. That that's very on brand for She-Hulk. But there are other aspects of it. Yeah, and and the fact that like people were really upset about uh, Megan the Stallion's episode, okay. and like we're I mean, aside from all the normal geek stuff, also being just extremely racist about it, and not understanding that like Megan the Stallion does shows in like Sailor Moon outfits, and she's like a huge Marvel fan, and like they they wanted people who were involved in the comic book culture involved with the creation of this thing. And like, it's, it's been, I've really, really enjoyed it. I know people who are uh, uh, not so happy about it, but won't say why man, before it came out, you were very down on it. That's true. I'm very down, very down on the visual effects. There have been some major steps. They cleaned up some of them. They clean up some of them, but there's there's been a couple times where the animation is real bad, and the yeah, that's true. There's but, but, but it's a, it's not a movie, right? They don't have movie budget. No, they have, and, they and have actually, a it's TV so it's budget, more of a time right? thing. Um, there's a there's a thing when you're doing per, a person's skin that reflects the light underneath the skin. It's called subsurface scattering. And it basically says like the top layer of skin is somewhat transparent. And as light goes through the skin, it illuminates lower in the skin. And it just gives that human like feel that they sort of skip over with some of her renders. But I mean, if it, if it, if the budget was already going to be so small that they're going to have these kind of problems, why did they have her in the Hulk form so much in the show? (laughs) So, so I can't give it away, but you're gonna laugh so hard on the finale. I for, that, like just did. For, for that conversation, for that conversation, you're gonna laugh really hard. All right. Sounds like I got a lot I'm of TV was, to watch, but I, I, I think, can't. Uh, uh, of all of all the TV, uh, the 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 Disney Plus uh, Marvel series, this was hands down my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I really liked I Loki. So. Loki was was. Loki so wore tight. on me after a while. Uh, Loki, I, I liked Falcon uh, in Winter Soldier. I could not stand yeah, also, that one. Like, See, I like that oh, one. I, I like that one. But um, but yeah, this one this one surpassed all those for, for me personally. I I really liked it. How I liked it a lot. It was good. I hope there's another season of it. I liked parts of Falcon and Winter Soldier. The thing that killed me was <clears throat> like. Falcon's one of Falcon's big problems in the show is that his family is running out of money to pay for their fishing boat. And I'm like, Hey dude, you've got pepper pots phone number. Just fucking call her. Like, Hey, remember me at the funeral, the, the funeral for the billionaire time traveler where there were 12 people total at the funeral. How do you? I was one of them. Somebody, I don't. I don't care how how rich your friend is. Maybe I'm not. It's it's also it's it's really simple. Tony, Tony's character would absolutely have given everyone a lot of money when he was when he died. 
Like his will would would absolutely say, hey, you know all these people who are the Avengers and save the world? Make sure they're comfortable. It's not real. You know that, right? <laughs> it's real to me. Oh, man. Man, we are running so long and there's so much more to talk about. So, sounds like we have content for next week. I think so. I think our I think the for for those in our Discord where we had that long conversation about foreign keys and foreign key constraints, I think we're gonna have to punt that one to next week. But I don't want you to think that we forgot about this. I also don't want you to think that we forgot to thank our patrons on Patreon, because Tom is pulling up that that screen right now. Thank you to all our patrons. Thank you, everybody. Patreon. Thank you. You know, we we should have had a jump scare in this video. The the video background for how for October. I hate you so much. There's so many reasons I hate you and it's not even funny. I my list just continues to grow. Now you sound like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that. Matter of fact, I just looked at the calendar and I was like, should I do that next week or should I do it the following week? Well, there's a problem. There's that. a problem with doing it the following week. You're a problem. I'm going to be in Silicon what? Valley. Oh, are we not going to have a show the following week? So, or is it just John and I? The 27th. You know, I, got, I got I got my OBS set up, so I can. No, I can it was made very stream. clear. You guys couldn't manage to to get the OBS stuff running if you needed to. <laughs> it sounds like we're recording. <laughs> so, sure. I will be I will be calling in. I just won't have the high quality microphone. Uh, technology that I have now, but okay. Are, are you are you still going to do the OBS piece? No. Oh right, I have, I, ha- I have OBS set up. So no, I, can, I won't I do the OBS it. piece. You'll have to do that piece. All right. Well, then at some point we should test to make sure I have it completely set up correctly. But yeah, 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 yeah. So thanks to our. Patreon supporters and to our Discord community, which is what I'm going to start calling you now, our Discord community. Um, if anybody out there uses uses Tinkerwell, uh, I talked about how uh, a recent update to Tinkerwell allowed me to use it with my Lando configuration, which I was very excited about. But I haven't used Tinkerwell in a very long time, and I guess now. It does this weird thing where, you know, typically, do you guys know what Tinkerwell is? I'm, I'm talking nope. like, uh, yeah, I, I know you don't, John. So Tinkerwell, for those who don't know. I really want a, it, by the way. A, but a Laravel thing. Um, and it's, you know, you have uh, an artisan command in Laravel called Tinker, which drops you into a, a a command line interface to your application. So you can call your models, you can do anything you want in this interface. Well, somebody created this, this electron app called Tinkerwell. And I had purchased a lifetime license to it um, some time ago, but I could never get it to run correctly on my Linux machine. And a lot of that was because I was using Lando, but all that has cleared up. Like I'm running it. It runs fine. But I guess now uh, the way it works, it used to be the one side you would type in your commands, and then on the other side or down below the other pa- panel, wherever you have it, would show you the output. 
And now it does this weird thing where it, it that's still the case, but on the panel that has your command, it does this like inline output where it's like kind of showing you like a JSON formatted version of your output from where your command is. And it's frustrating as hell to me. I'm like, I don't want this here. I don't need to see the data here. I, I want to be ad- adding commands here. Put all my data on the other side. I can't figure out to do that. So if anybody uses Tinkerwell out there, if there's a if there's a checkbox I'm missing or something, let me know because I want to use it more, but I can't. It just frustrates me. And oh, what Tom? Yeah, no, don't worry, Tom. Tinkerwell does have Vim mode, and I use it all the time. It's perfectly fine. I assume since it's something you use that it does have a Vim mode. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. That, that's actually why I, I've, I've started using Data Grip now because I realized that my Vim plugin on PHP Storm works in Data Grip. <laughs> what? Like, hey. <laughs> yes, John. Wait, 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 wait. What? So Data Grip, you have to still install the extension, but you can install your Vim mode extension in Data Grip, and boom, it works. No way. Stop totally it. Totally way. 100%. 100%. Glad I can make your day. What? All right. But that's going to have to be it, I think. Oh, my goodness. Um, There's an idea of them and plugins and data grip. <laughs> I think we're going to need to need to wrap it up because we're running super long. I've had such a good time talking with everybody. I, even though we did start late, we're still running a little on the long side. So, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. So, this is going to do it for episode 307. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it up. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they're getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.